0: listening to the Crosscheck NHL show, part of the Locked On podcast network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark.
1: Welcome to the Crosscheck NHL show. I am one of your two hosts, Andrew Berkshire from the Game Over shows on SDPN, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Mary Clark, who's always bringing the ideas. She's got a great show for us planned out today because she's the one who organizes everything. we got to give credit where credit is due. We're going to talk about the Western Conference playoffs finally being decided. The Vegas Golden Knights were eliminated. Why does everyone hate them? We're going to get into it. Then we're going to do our trophy predictions. We'll talk about maybe who we think is going to win and who we would vote for should we have had votes. And finally, our Stanley Cup prediction because... The playoffs may not be completely set on who's facing who, but you got to have Stanley Cup winners at this point. And then we'll round it out with our pop culture roulette segment. But before we get into all that, Mary, how are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. We were talking before the show. I am. I'm just I'm knee deep in NHL playoff prep uh, because it is that time of year uh, and it's fun. Playoffs are here. Uh, It was nice to, you know, finally get that last playoff team, you know like settled yeah basically because it was a very will they won't they for a couple of days uh, it was kind of you know dragging out a little bit too long but other than that i'm good looking forward to my uh my next couple of days off because as we record on thursday it's my friday of the week as you were so uh yeah looking forward to a couple of days off to just relax uh from all the playoff prep because uh it's a lot andrew it really is this time of the year is fun it's just a lot of work to you know get to the fun part
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we're in the middle of launching new shows. We launched uh, Game Over Toronto to a lot of fanfare on Wednesday night uh, or Tuesday night. Sorry, uh, Wednesday night. Uh, I did my own show. And then tonight, I guess last night when you listen to this, because this we're recording on Thursday for Friday, Game Over Calgary will launch. So we'll be announcing our hosts of that show shortly as well. So lots of exciting things down the pipe for me, but uh, let's get into the hockey a little bit because last night was absolutely wild because obviously I was watching from a Canadian's perspective of uh, watching the Montreal Canadiens win their game against the New York Rangers and you know, Canadians fans are freaking out because they're going to ruin the tank and then Dallas is up 3 nothing on Arizona and they're like, oh my god. Arizona is going to lose out and the Canadians are going to move up to 31st place and maybe not have the best chances of taking first overall. Then Arizona comes back from three, nothing and wins in a, in an overtime, which taking that game to overtime eliminates the Vegas golden Knights who in the fashion that they've been playing the last few, few weeks here, uh, lost in a shootout anyway. They couldn't even muster a shootout, uh, a shootout goal. They've gone. Zero for seventeen in the shootout, the last three games.
0: Flyers like numbers right there. Let me tell it's you that awful. Yeah.
1: So it was like a wild turn of events from like flip flopping back and forth for from the Canadians fan perspective, and then all over the place from like playoff eliminations and clinching and clinching mm-hmm. uh, best lottery odds. It was just it's a wild the night for an just, eighty first game on the schedule.
0: Yeah, the stars kind of just like walked backwards. <laughs> into the playoffs in the funniest there's so many layers to this because like you know we've been talking about you know who's gonna make that final playoff spot I mean Los Angeles had secured their spot a couple of days ago so it was coming down to just Dallas and Vegas basically and you know there was a lot of will they won't they with uh (laughs) with Dallas it felt like it felt like they were doing everything in their power not to make it to the playoffs but you know they had that three nothing lead up on arizona in the third period then they suddenly lose it and you know everything's like going crazy and you know stars fans are freaking out on twitter and it's just like and it's just like chaos and everything you want to see especially if you're just a neutral observer like me because it's just like oh this is fun uh but then of course you know they get to overtime so they get the point which you know shuts out Vegas who were at that time in a shootout. So it was very interesting watching both of those things happen at the same time. Uh, then yeah, then Dallas loses an overtime to Arizona uh, and then Montreal clinches that last like uh, that last or I guess first technically spot in the uh, draft lottery but um, even if you have the best odds you technically don't have there's technically a majority the, yeah the the odds are still kind of stacked against you it you know probability and all of that but uh, yeah. I completely I completely get it from Canadian fans because Flyers fans are in a similar position where they want the draft odds to be more in their favor essentially in terms of like at least being in like a top three pick or top four or three pick essentially i thought you were
1: so. gonna go full hunger games there
0: <laughs> uh, every time that i say that phrase it is always in the back of my mind it's like man that <laughs> the hunger games is kind of ruined the may the odds be ever in your favor thing. they have yeah <clears throat> but it's it's fine it's at least you know it's a good line i must say but uh yeah it is uh, you know at least now you know we're basically at like the last games the uh, when you guys hear this, Friday will be the last set of games uh, for the regular season. So we are we are down to it. Now it is just, you know, who's going to match up with whom. Um, uh, but, you know, Wednesday night was a lot of fun because it was... <laughs> there was just a lot of things happening all at once between the Canadians fans freaking out about their draft position. To Stars fans freaking out about losing or possibly losing to the Coyotes in regulation. Had, you know... Um, They had given up an additional goal to, you know, Vegas people. Then, of course, you know, people hating on Vegas, which I think we're going to talk about shortly because uh, it's been an interesting development over the past couple of years. And I just wanted to talk about it because I thought it was a neat and I don't know, not something we've ever really seen um, in the NHL in a while. So,
1: yeah, it's pretty wild. Honestly, Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights obviously came into the NHL extremely aggressively, continue to be extremely aggressive. Their answer every summer seems to be to acquire the most expensive player possible, which is great and it's fun. And then this year they played around with uh, the LTIR fiasco, trying to stick guys on there and skate into the playoffs. And it blew up in their faces. And for those who would say, like, you know, injuries are an excuse. Sure, they had some injuries this year, some pretty devastating ones. But they got to a point in this season where the Dallas Stars were not playing very well. At one point, the Stars had, like, games in hand on them, and they had, like, they were red hot. They cooled off incredibly badly, and the, the whole, like, control of the situation was in Vegas's favor. They were healthy. They had the same number of games left. They just had to outpace the Dallas Stars, and they had a game against the Dallas Stars to really drive the point home. At the end of the day, I look at this Vegas Golden Knights team, and they just could not. Get it. Done. They lost, I believe, five straight to end the season, three straight in shootout. Like, they had leads in every game. They could not hold a lead. They had a two-goal lead against the San Jose Sharks. All they had to do it was hold it for a couple of minutes. Sounds familiar, like their playoffs a couple yep. of years ago. And they could not do it. You know, like, we can talk about not having uh, the their starting goaltender in because Robin Leonard had career-ending surgery, which, again, seems to partly be due to a relationship between Leonard and Pete DeBoer that was fractured due to DeBoer's comments while Leonard was playing injured. So like this team, I don't know. I think they have some soul searching to do because they have major, major cap problems going forward. And most of the players who are signed for big money are legitimately still very good, but I am very worried about Alex Petrangelo being a part of that team for a long time. I think that he's become a glass cannon offensive guy who gets destroyed every time he's on the ice now. Like, he puts up offensive numbers, but overall he's just terrible now. They have some issues. They do. And, like, I don't know. You have the control to to get it done, and you don't. I think the excuses are out the window. And, frankly, they got very lucky in the first couple of months of the season where they were playing terrible hockey and still recording a lot of wins. So they're lucky that they even got close to it.
0: Mm-hmm. also i assume you meant a uh, season ending injury for robin Leonard instead of yes did injury. i say
1: career yeah, yeah season-ending. i ending, just yeah. wanted to make sure Sorry. so
0: that we don't have people uh mm-hmm. freaking out a little bit but no it's yeah. just season ending injury season ending. uh but yes uh this is uh, i mean it's you know the the fault lies at the feet of vegas they had everything in their power uh to make a playoff run uh it was in their control um like their destiny was in their hands and they just fed up Flat out fell short. And um, I mean, it's disappointing, but I'd been on the drum for a, beating this drum for a while that, you know, it's probably good that Vegas misses out on the playoffs for the first time in their, uh, you know, NHL history. It um, hopefully that means they can, you know, reevaluate their players, maybe take a little bit of a step back. I know that the team's, you know, internal MO basically is like, go for it every year, go for it every year. But I feel like They have to change some things, but I think they need a little bit of stability. They need to, like, build, like, a core they can, you know, keep... Like, they have, but I think that they need to, like, I don't know, reevaluate where they're at with this team. Um, You know, maybe trim some extra fat off that they don't necessarily need. But try not to make anything too drastic, I think, in terms of just, like, you know... Because we've talked about it. They've changed, like... They, they, I don't know, you're, you're a star player on that team and then you're, you're gone the next year, it feels like. They, there's there's no real consistency with what they're doing. Uh, and I think that they may need to take a little bit of a step back. You can still be aggressive, but I think, you know, they need to, you know, rein it in just a little bit. because um, I, I think, think the
1: solution, Mary, is for them to go and get the most expensive player possible in the summer. <laughs>
0: that see that's what they think that's what they think is the that's what they think will solve their issues but you can only throw so much money at at your problems we saw what happened with that this year and they got themselves in injury trouble and then had to like tetris their way yeah tetris their way around i was gonna say jenga but it's two different two different things but tetris their way around um you know their their salary cap and it just it you know, by the ends, like more people were healthy and stuff like that. For for a while it was pretty dodgy. It's just, I don't know. It's not it doesn't seem to be the best way to operate uh your like your team because you know the lightning did it too, but they only had like one major player who was injured, um, and stuff like that. And ever since I think they've been, you know, pretty fine with their salary cap and whatnot. But you know, I don't know. I just I think this is overall good for Vegas that they missed out. They just need to do a little bit of soul searching, I think is the big thing. I just think they need to a little, like I think from management on down, because, you know, management was part of the reason why they got into these issues anyway with the whole salary cap stuff.
1: Yeah, I don't think, I would argue that I don't think it's a good thing for Vegas because they have a $92 million salary this year and they missed the playoffs. And because they're going to have to change things up quite a bit, like this was a very clear cup run year for them mm-hmm. like they needed to make hay from it and frankly the western conference is terrible <laughs> like yeah. vegas vegas has no business being worse than minnesota st louis edmonton los angeles dallas Nat. like nashville at the beginning of the season what did we say no prospects because they've had like five draft picks in the last five years you know a lot of their players are on the wrong side of 30 and, yeah, Roman Yossi, Matt Duchene, and Philippe Forsberg had career years. Like, friggin' phenomenal. And UC Soros is good. But are you telling me that Vegas doesn't have players that can match those guys? Like, depth-wise and even star-wise? Like, Mark Stone is better than anybody on the Nashville Predators. I know he missed a lot of the season, but still. Like, <clears throat> to me, it's inexcusable that they missed the playoffs. Can it and- be
0: both bad in the short term and good in the long term? Is that kind of you know like... What, you know
1: what I think it's good for? The league. Because mm. we heard all these rumblings about, you know, summer GM meetings are going to talk about a playoff salary cap so that teams don't do this, like stashing people on LTIR and building up star-studded rosters to head into the playoffs. Yeah, the Lightning kind of got away with that last year by accident because they didn't know when the season was starting and Kucherov had his hip surgery and frankly came back on the exact timeline that was expected of a guy who went that underwent that surgery, it happened to be right as the playoffs started. <clears throat> and we've talked many times before about how he wasn't himself at even strength. He couldn't move for the first round and a half at least. They tried that in Vegas. Like, it was very obvious that they were trying to put guys on LTIR that maybe shouldn't have been on LTIR and stash them there until the end of the playoffs and negotiate that cap space. It didn't work. So the fact that they couldn't make it work and make it happen in that weak Western conference should send a ripple throughout the rest of the league that you can't really do this, right? Not everyone is the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think that's the big takeaway here. Even the Vegas Golden Knights, who are very good, but yeah,
0: very good. And, you know, I'd like to think, you know, they've got a pretty smart management team. But, you know, I think I don't want to like, you know, transition out of this, but I think what we wanted to talk about at the end here of this segment was how people really dislike Vegas as a team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it has been, like I said at the beginning, it, this is a weird, we haven't seen like a heel turn like this in the NHL.
1: I don't even like, think it's a heel turn.
0: I guess public perception heel turn. Yeah. Like, like like it's more the public reception. But I think because, a lot you know, of
1: people hated them the whole time. Like as soon as they went to the Stanley Cup final in their first year. Sure, but
0: they yeah. but they had, you know, their, you know people really enjoyed them for being different, uh, you know, for like having a more showy uh, non hockey type of like you know atmosphere that was you know distinctly Vegas. People loved their jerseys. Uh, like at the very beginning, you know, it felt like people really liked Vegas. But sure, some people turned on them as soon as they went to the Stanley Cup final because they're like, "You can't like you, you know we've all suffered so much. You can't just be out of the gate and you know win. That that's that's not how it works. You're not one of us." Type of thing. I never felt that way. I always thought it was a cool story. Um, you know, I mean they played what uh the Capitals that year and you know, that was the year Ovechkin finally got his cup. So there were there, in my opinion that Stanley Cup, there were two good stories because Vegas, you know, first year in the league, what an incredible story versus, you know, Alex Ovechkin finally getting his first cup type of deal. Um, but then after that it just feels like people got tired of their shtick. <laughs> like they used oh, to have sure. like a, like on Twitter, <clears throat> the Golden Knights Twitter like was one of the I don't know like can we admit it was
1: bad from day one
0: (laughs) people enjoyed it though people enjoyed it and then for some reason it started to turn and people just you know got like I said got tired of their of their shtick got tired of you know their things and uh you know not treating Marc-Andre Fleury well at the end I think certainly helps uh you know the exodus of players uh you know When they're like, we don't find you useful anymore. Uh, Like they're very like cutthroat businessy. I think that all compounds into it. And specifically because the San Jose sharks, I don't, this wasn't a Sharks specific (laughs) message
1: but it's very much I think it led. was
0: yeah I think it was somebody I think I swore I saw it was somebody who had like created like a message and got it up on the boards like a fan basically but uh so this so this jumbotron message basically said fans unite celebrate keep the hockey energy kicking now imbibe generously honor the sharks so if you take the first letter, Of every single one of those words, it spells out a very clear message against the Golden Knights. Uh, And the Sharks and Golden Knights have had a rivalry going on for a while, the big playoff thing, uh, essentially swapping coaches with Pete DeBoer. Uh, So, you know, they've had a rivalry for a very long time now. And I don't know, just... I mean I'm perfectly fine with Vegas being the villain here of the NHL but I just wanted to you know kind of give a little bit of a timeline because it didn't used to be that way. It used they used to kind of be like, you know, liked by, you know, the majority of NHL fans because of how I don't they bring. Know. I think so. I think so. I, At least in the I've beginning it was very season. split. Really? Because
1: yeah, the old school people fine, did not uh, like them, fine. right?
0: i'm I'm discounting the old school people from this argument because I don't know. i'm I'm more meant just like hockey Twitter, at least the you know, hockey, you know, circles that I ran with. a lot of people really enjoyed this, you know, breath of fresh air. But, you know, the hockey men TM, uh, <laughs> you know, not enjoying this t- makes complete sense. It wasn't out of the blue for me. Of course, they were always going to hate it.
1: I don't know. I kind of saw this coming from the start because, from maybe just I have different circles but I have seen a lot of people from the very outset did not like Vegas because of the success that they had early on and like, a lot of people insisted like oh they need to suffer first as a fan base to learn how to be real hockey fans and I don't subscribe to that but I I understand where they're getting at like having everything given to you on a silver platter which is how it kind of seemed when they went to the Stanley Cup final right away even though they did just hoodwink a bunch of stupid GMs
0: yeah I mean that's the real thing at the end of the day is uh everybody like all the NHL GMs put Vegas in a position to succeed so really you should be mad at your own GM for
1: causing
0: the Vegas Golden Knights to exist in the form that they did uh it should reflect more poorly on you and your team than not you the person but you know it should reflect more poorly on your team than it does on Vegas for the way they constructed their team because look at Seattle it's completely different now And, you know, sure, we'll probably have hot takes about Seattle in like, you know, four to five years from now. But, you know, that's hindsight and all. But still, uh, I don't know. It's just it's just interesting to see the changes over the years with how people have viewed Vegas.
1: So I think people were so desperate when Vegas came in to see something different because the NHL is so monotonous and boring that they wanted to embrace it. And then it took a very short time to realize that a lot of the stuff that Vegas was doing was super cringe like their opening ceremony that everyone was like oh it's so amazing even in the first year i was like this is terrible. I find it fine. I think it's fine. It's Vegas. It's it's very Vegas, but it's awful. It's super If you know
0: what you're getting into, you can enjoy it for what it is. I'm glad that they are different enough from the NHL because, yes, the NHL is boring and monotonous. And, you know, we should be celebrating these types of things, even if they're cringe. We should embrace the cringe. Andrew, I've had this, you know, I. There's
1: two different kinds of cringe, right? There's you embrace cringe like gritty. Mm hmm because gritty is definitely a little I mean, bit cringe
0: people still hate, people still hate gritty
1: so. i mean people who hate gritty aren't aren't to be listened to they can't be <laughs> trusted <laughs> gritty's amazing trusted. Mm-hmm. gritty from the googly eyes to the hands the hands that squeak is what did it for me most it's the like
0: hands and the yeah the stomach it was like
1: that yeah. first video where they introduced him with Claude Giroux and they did the high five and it had a little like e-hee. that <laughs> yeah. was like oh my god they're geniuses <laughs> but they vegas do. i feel like I don't know. Are you going to hockey or medieval times?
0: <laughs> I think that's okay. I think, you know, it doesn't, the entire NHL doesn't have to be like this, but I think it's okay for a Vegas to exist in the NHL because everything else kind of sucks in terms yes. of,
1: it's it would be fine if it wasn't every single game. That would be my thing.
0: No, I think, you know, you know what you're signing up for with Vegas. I think it's perfectly fine. And then, of course, we got Seattle, who is a very basic, not boring hockey market, but, you know, it's very basic. It is your typical NHL stuff you see, and they've got great branding and stuff like that, and it's unique in that regard. But, like, there's definitely something to be said for Vegas' type of cringe, and I'm perfectly fine with it existing in the NHL. Uh, so, I before, because we've gone on long on this, but before we yep. go... <laughs> at least move to the next segment what do you think Vegas can do to you know flip its perception in NHL circles or are they kind of just forever doomed to you know have you know be like the public enemy number one for fans like is there anything like will they have to you know keep missing the playoffs will they just have to you know bring back Marc-Andre Fleury like is there anything you think they can do for their perception to change because I don't think so right now
1: I think first of all they have to start treating players better uh, and like the players that they move out because there's being cutthroat in business in terms of making decisions. And then there's unnecessarily like excluding people from the process, which is what they did to Marc-Andre Fleury, which is super gross for a guy who's super well-respected around the league and a veteran who's won Stanley cups and was, you know, their first franchise player in a way that definitely has to happen for people to be more like respectful of their organization, I think. And in terms of like, turning things around I don't think they can start missing the playoffs you can't trade for Jack Eichel and then go through a rebuild that would be so funny but yeah, it feels so Jack bad Eichel. for him mm-hmm. but you you still have you know Jack Eichel, Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty for another year you have to do something with that you have Alex Petrangelo signed for 8.8 million like at a certain point, you have to make bank on that. Shea Theodore is one of their guys who's actually underpaid at five point two million for the next three years. I would assume that the next three years they're still gunning for a cup. It's just they're going to have to move out some of those mid level contracts like William Carlson, Jonathan Marchessault, Getting Dadnov. Those guys are probably up for trades. Uh, Alex Martinez or Alec Martinez stuff like that. I, I just I don't see how they can like right now. Mary, their cap hit for next season is. $83.86 million. The cap is eighty-two point five. I was going to say they're, they're over the cap. They're already oh. over the cap. And oh. they have... Like, their roster is not full. They yeah. have... Uh, Matias Janmark is a UFA. Nick Waugh is a RFA. Keegan Colasar is an RFA. Like, they don't have everyone signed. They have to trim significantly and have space to move within the season. And probably they want to add because they didn't make the playoffs this year. So there's a lot to be done with Vegas. But let's move on from them because... Man, we spent a lot of time on Vegas, more than they really deserved this season. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about who we think are going to win all of the trophies this season. We're going to go rapid fire to make up some time from this <laughs> segment because we've taken like 25 minutes. But uh, stick with us because first, I got to tell you about Built Bar. Summer's coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks, and make sure that everyone has a bar so you're fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to built.com and order now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Have you ever tried Built Puffs yet? We're going crazy for the puffs. They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 calories. Sign me up. If that's not enough for you, or that, if that's not enough flavor for you, then you might want to try the mix Box. The mix Box comes with 12 flavors of bars and puffs. Built Bar makes sure that there's something for everyone. Know what my favorite bar is? It's definitely the mint chocolate. I love mint chocolate. Most Built Bars contain... 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Go to built.com to get all your favorites banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They're delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at built.com. Go to built.com and use promo code locked15 for 15% off your order. Use promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Mary, so I'm going to try to go through this as quickly as we can, just because we went super long on Vegas, which is understandable. I think understandable. it was worth it. I think it, it was worth it. There's a lot to cover. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, should we start with the heart? I think so. Okay. Your heart trophy pick, who you think would win?
0: I think it's going to be Austin Matthews. He yeah, it's going to be Matthews. He, he, he just hit 60 goals. Uh, it's a huge yep. accomplishment for him. Uh, just incredible stuff from Matthews this year. Just Man, what a what a player! You we talked about it before that you know I we all thought Matthews was going to be good, but this level of good and to do it not just offensively but defensively um, is really something. He's just a special player this year. Absolutely, uh, league MVP. Good on him! Like what a what a year to prove himself. I mean, he didn't have to prove anything really, but you know, you know, at the clouds that hang over the Maple Leafs, uh, you know, even though like you know. You know Matthews has been a really good player for them. That definitely you know weighs on their minds, or at least I I would assume it does because you know they still have to win a playoff round, Andrew. And that that it, the weight of the world and expectations from Toronto are on them. But you know, good on Matthews this year for just absolutely showing up, hitting sixty goals is an incredible feat. Like I I know you know a lot of people talk about it because you know Toronto Maple Leaf center of the hockey world, whatever. But it's an incredible accomplishment. It really is.
1: It absolutely is. Uh, he's he's something else. He, I mean, I don't even know what to say about Matthews anymore. I, f- I feel like we've he's just we've an gotten... incredible
0: hockey player. Yeah, just yeah. just really absolutely having an incredible season. And you know, he's still really young. Like he's got so much. Like we're gonna be, we're gonna keep seeing. Hopefully, we're gonna keep seeing seasons like this from him. Hopefully, this is just the start. I mean, it'd be really cool if that was the case because, like I said, we knew Matthews was gonna be good. But this good, I don't think anybody could have predicted that.
1: Yeah. Here's a question. If McDavid gets seven points in the last two games for Edmonton, and one of them will be played, I believe, tonight before this mm-hmm. recording comes out, he will top Nikita Kucherov's heart year, where he put up 128 points, which was the most since, like, ninety
0: five, ninety six.
1: Mm-hmm. Would that... Push him into the heart conversation for you.
0: It might, but the the bar has been raised this year. The floor is so high this year. I know there's so there's so many good players having such good seasons across the board. Uh, I I just think the floor is higher, and you know McDavid should I think be in the heart Trophy conversation every year in terms of just what he brings, as long as he's you know healthy and producing points. but it is just—it's just such a dominant field this year. It—it's it, still going to be Matthews for me. But I think you know, at least on in that regard, he probably gets a look. Uh, in my opinion, as you know, a possible nominee. Maybe as like the third, if I had to guess.
1: All right. Uh, next up is the Vesna. I think this is the easiest one. It's Shostakovich.
0: Yeah, it's Shisterkin. Uh yeah. Just also an incredible year. Great goaltender, kind of fell off a little bit in the last couple months, but is, you know, just still rock steady, incredible netminder, going to be real difficult for anybody in the playoffs to, you know, knock out the Rangers if they have to beat him, you know, four times in a series and just, yeah, it's going to be, it's, playoffs are going to be fun, I think, with uh, seeing if Shish Durkin can continue to, you know, produce the way he has and just be an incredible goaltender.
1: Yeah, Chesterkin's been amazing. He's gonna end the season. I don't think he's gonna play the last game of the season. Uh George yeah, played sense. uh the last one for for the Rangers, and I think he played back to back. So I think that tells you that they're resting Shesterkin. Yeah. But uh, that means that he uh Shesterkin will play fifty two games, started start, start fifty two games this year, which I believe will be the fewest of a Vesna winner in the modern era, because Tim Thomas, I believe, had that at fifty five started games. Back in 2010, 11. And yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. I feel like uh, the game of, or the, the position of goaltending has changed drastically over the last mm-hmm. 10 years. You, you just don't see guys playing 70 games anymore it's such and a grind. being successful. Yeah, yeah it is it's such, such a grind.
0: grind. It's such a grind. You can't, you can't mentally and physically. Yeah, it's it's much healthier for these goaltenders to be splitting the times of the way they are. It, it really 100%. is.
1: 100%. right, the Calder Trophy.
0: I want it to be Trevor Zegras because I think he's an incredible goal scorer doing a lot of really awesome things for the game. But it probably is gonna be more exciter for the Red Wings, if I had to guess. Uh, so yeah. my heart wants Trevor Zegras, but my mind says more exciter because he's just also been wild for the, you know, the Red Wings this year. Just what a what a bright future this Red Wings team has if they can, you know, get more of their pieces together. Just, just what a what a crew that they have there.
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, I would 100% vote for Murray Sider. I think that there's a difference between being a a good forward who's putting up points, and I think Zegers has also started possession driving as well, so he's like he's very clearly going to be a star player in this league. He's going to be amazing. But also doing that as a defenseman while carrying the yeah. the corpse of Mark Stahl and Danny DeKaiser around all oh. season long is just incredible. He just has no support in Detroit, and he's still been fantastic, so he's... He's number one for me, and uh, Michael Bunting is a senior citizen, so he doesn't care.
0: <laughs> uh, what is? How old is he? Twenty six? You know, we've that's we've hit the we've hit the limit. He's twenty six year year old. Goodbye.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I think that it, he is 100% eligible, mm-hmm. but if I'm voting, age still matters. Mm-hmm. Like if an 18 year old is doing what Michael Bunting is doing, and it's just like the exact same equal season, the 18 year old is winning because it's way more impressive for an 18 year old to do that than a fully physically mature man. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, to me, like, even though it's not written into the language of the award for most people, it's going to be a factor. And Mm -hmm. I think he deserves to be in that top five. Yeah. Yeah, Right. He's had a fantastic year, but he's still, he's a complimentary player on one of the best lines in the league. He's not the guy who's driving the bus.
0: Yeah, exactly. But you know, still a great season regardless.
1: Yes. And let's face it. If, Marty St. Louis was coaching the Canadians all season long. It'd be Cole Caulfield.
0: Yeah, this I'm just going to say it now. Yeah, this is true. This is Last true.
1: half of the season, Cole Caulfield is second in rookie scoring with 32 points in 36 games, 19 goals, eight more than anyone else.
0: Yeah. Oh, what a season he could have had if you oh, know, it's, it's Marty St. Louis was the coach the whole year. But, hey, at least the future is looking bright for the Canadians. And, you this know, Cole true. Caulfield will be hopefully unleashed through all 82 games next year.
1: Yep, also 14 even-strength goals for Cole Caulfield. Wow, so yeah. Imagine if their power play was good at all.
0: Yeah, at all.
1: Because <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. All right, next up, the Norris Trophy. I feel like this is the toughest one because there's there's two candidates here that I think are 100% equally deserving, and then you have a third candidate that nobody is talking about who's had an absolute monster year in Victor Hedman.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's between... Roman Yossi, Kale McCarr, and Victor Hedman. And, yep. you know, my heart wants Kale McCarr uh, because, you know, it'd be great to have two back-to-back younger Norris Trophy winners.
1: Also, uh, McCarr was robbed last year.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but, it, you know, it'd be great to see more of the ushering in of the new guard uh, type of stuff. But Roman Yossi absolutely is, deserves to be there, right up there neck and neck, probably is going to get it. Uh, it just, it, I don't have the stats or like, you know, in front of me, but you know, is he due for a Norris trophy? What, he just he, won one. He just won one. Okay. So Didn't he? Mm, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't, I don't have the history of the award, uh, like up right now, but you know, he feels like he could be a prime can- candidate for one of the, uh, you know, like he deserves it, but also because, you know, he hasn't won one in a while. Or no, hasn't he won, he won in 2020. Okay, so that argument doesn't hold any water here, but he still might just get it. This is this is hard. It's really, it's really hard. Like I said, my heart wants Kale McCarr, but my head believes it's probably going to be Roman Yossi. And then there, of course there's, you know, Victor Hadman, who's also incredibly deserving. So yeah. this yeah, one is I- gonna be, I think, the closest in terms of just like People are just going to be split. It, it really is. You probably have to do like you're going to have to do like a huge deep dive into what you believe uh, are the best analytics to you know prop up this award and this winner. So
1: I think this is going to be one of those situations where we see who votes on just points because mm-hmm. Yossi is having a good year by the underlying numbers. Like he's a very good player, but he's not having an absolutely dominant year. But he's put up ninety plus points for the first time for a defenseman since Ray Bork in the Whoa, early nineties. Yeah. So like it's been, it's a historical offensive season, but he's not the crazy play driver that Kale McCarr is right. Or that Victor Hedman is. So it's going to be like, we're, we're going to see the results of the votes and we're going to see who values just points for defensemen and who values more of the underlying stuff. I think this could go Anyway, between the three of them, but I agree that it'll probably be Yossi. I personally, I think, would vote for kill McCarr, but uh, we don't get to vote, unfortunately. All right. <laughs> and the last one we have, the Jack Adams. I think this one is super obvious. What do you think, Mary?
0: My pick is Daryl Suter.
1: Yep, uh, Daryl Suter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Suter, Sutter.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I think Mike Sullivan was in it until the Penguins. He was until to the Penguins off.
0: dropped off completely. Yeah, they're in a rough spot. They really are, but you know, bad
1: way to go into the playoffs for the sure. The Flames
0: had such low expectations for them this year, and they just absolutely yep. blown it out of the water. And you know, it seems like you know, there's real excitement for this team. There's like, they just they've got the best line in hockey. They're, it's incredible what you know what they've done this year offensively, and they're just. I, I mean, I think it's because of their jerseys since they flipped to that, you know, their new colored jerseys that, you know, are, you know, the bright red and yellow. Yeah, the, you know, the retro
1: ones. Yeah, they're,
0: they're so good. They're so good. And I'm so glad this Flames team is good enough that we get to see more of those jerseys because they're one of my favorites in the NHL, I think. Uh, but yeah, just an absolutely incredible year for the Flames. Blown all of expectations out of the water completely. Just, yeah, I think he's going to run away with it um, yep. by a mile if I had to guess.
1: Dark horse candidates that I think should be nominated. Andrew Brunette in Florida. Yeah. After the oh, way yeah. the, the Florida I've, Panthers started. And then I
0: forgot about the whole Joel Quenville thing. Yeah. Quenville got dismissed. So long. Yeah. That happened so long ago. Yeah.
1: That could have been a great start, fall apart season, mm-hmm. but they maintained everything. And, you know, and part some, of it. Yeah. You know, just it was a fantastic year and also dark dark horse candidate for me not even leaving Alberta Jay Woodcroft in Edmonton
0: Edmonton, yeah
1: it's been phenomenal how much he's impacted that team like there's always that new coach bump for a good team but he has changed things drastically and it's been extraordinarily successful Mm -hmm. so if Edmonton makes noise in the playoffs a lot of it has to do with that coaching change
0: I think it's also helping that you know Mike Smith is a, what like nine and zero to end the season? Just been absolutely on a on a tear. Uh, we'll see if it you know if it continues in the playoffs. But you know, a good goalie can prop up a coach. Obviously, he's doing really good work there too. But I'm just saying, I think I think it helps that you know his goaltenders are at least playing better under him for now. So we'll see how it goes in the playoffs because that is the real test for this Oilers team. Is if that if 100%. that can hold if that can hold in the playoffs um, and they can get out of the first round.
1: And don't worry, Edmonton, you're only going up against Anzi Kopitar and the Soul Destroyer, Phil Deneau. Ask, <laughs> ask Mark Stone and Austin Matthews how that went last year, because uh, he made them look like shadows of their former selves. It's, I, that's probably the worst matchup, like center to center, that yeah. Edmonton could have possibly asked for.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to play. You're going to have to do your best to play to home ice advantage there in terms of like getting the matchup you want. But oh, that's a rough one. That's going to be a real rough one.
1: Like I expect Kopitar and Dano to both play like 20 to 22 minutes a game each. So you're really getting like eight minutes a game (laughs) where you can get McDavid and Drysaddle (laughs) out against not them
0: yeah exactly oh boy that's gonna be it's gonna be like a uh, rock in a hard place to see what budges first essentially so 100%. Oh. all
1: right that's all we have for our awards hopefully you can give us your suggestions as well hit us up on twitter and uh, hopefully you like our picks but before we get to the next segment where we are going to talk about our stanley cup picks we got to tell you about Bet Online. Hey, maybe you'll bet on your Stanley Cup pick. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So Mary, we gotta make some picks here because I don't know if you know this, but my picks from the pre the preseason show did not pan out so well.
0: I don't even remember what we picked. Do you have them?
1: I had I don't know what yours were. I don't remember, but mine were Vegas and the Islanders.
0: I probably picked Colorado. I'm trying to like think back. Colorado and who would it have been? I don't think I would have picked, did I pick the Islanders too? No, I thought you were the only one that did that. Regardless, I'd have to look it up later because my I also wrote down my picks for uh, for the win. They were the same. I wanted to make sure they were the same everywhere. Uh, so I could probably find it. Uh, but yeah, it's certainly been a season for yeah. like, I think I saw something that was like, there's only one team left out of the top four teams from last year. Um,
1: yeah, the other that team has missed it, the playoffs.
0: Yeah, the other teams missed the playoffs, something like that. Uh, it has been it's just been a real wacky year. First time we've had a full 82 game season in uh, a handful of seasons now because of uh, the pandemic. So
1: just well, and I think also that short summer it was brutal for those teams. And it's why I think the Lightning are going out round one. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs are finally going to win. I think despite the fact that the Lightning have been hot lately and like they are a team that is hard to judge their regular season because mm-hmm. they can turn on the playoffs. How can they not be tired?
0: yeah they are i i mean we're gonna talk like we're gonna do an early show next week on monday that will that will preview everything but it's so hard for me to pick because i'm like history says the maple leafs are gonna are gonna aren't gonna do it they're gonna you know fall to their own uh mental like mental block here but they just they they're so good, and I don't think Austin Matthews is going to let them fail this year, unless barring no. some other catastrophic, you know, a completely out of left field thing for this team. But it's it's so hard to predict, uh, because I don't know. It's the Maple Leafs. Anything can happen, Andrew. We know this, so I can't. I I don't know if I can predict it because it's just I don't want to go against fate. Also, I don't want to you know predict it and then have Maple Leafs fans yell at me. <laughs> when when it's it it, when it's wrong so but yeah um but as for the stanley cup final i this is like just it's for me it's a personal wish i want it to be the florida panthers because claude drew getting his stanley cup would mean everything to me um they have a lot they need to combat their offense is incredible the best in the league the best in these playoffs but god when they're when their goaltending is bad it's bad uh so they've shown that they can outscore their problems but who knows in these playoffs? Uh, I'm at least hoping it's going to be fun for them. That that for me is the big thing. This Florida Panthers team is the funnest team in the playoffs just based on their incredibly chaotic nature. And I hope uh, they win the Stanley Cup at the end of the day because, A, it'd be incredibly fun, uh, you know, and teams love to copycat the Stanley Cup final winner. So maybe that would bring in, you know, more offense, you know, more craziness, stuff like that to the league. But also because Claude Giroux, uh, the great story, incredible, you know, just an incredible way for it to, you know, end for Giroux, at least like finally getting a Stanley Cup after everything that has happened this season with the Flyers.
1: Yeah, it would be really fun. And I I totally agree with you. The Panthers are the most fun team in the league because they just don't really care about playing defense. They're just like, we'll just keep scoring. Why Mm -hmm. would we play defense when we can just score four more goals? And that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. It's the best. Uh, Whether that works in the playoffs is, you know, always questionable. But I I do love watching the Florida Panthers play, so I hope they go super far. I'm going to go a little bit off the board here. All right. I'm going to go with the Calgary Flames.
0: Ooh, that would also be an incredible pick. I would not be bad at that either because they, too, also are an incredibly offensive team. So fun. Um, Would get Canada their first Stanley Cup since... 93, 93 since I was born. Um, Yeah. I mean, I could, I, I would not be mad at that at all. 100%. And, you know, they've actually got a good goaltender uh, unlike Florida where it's kind of a coin flip. It kind of just depends. Yeah. I don't,
1: I don't trust Bobrovsky at all. Yeah. And I mean, Spencer
0: Knight, you know, is probably the future for that team, but you know, he, and he's been good to great, but also can still, you know, just have, bad games as young goaltenders can, but so I, i probably would trust the, you know, flames goaltender to get that done 99 times out of a hundred. Uh, but yeah, I mean the, the real big thing with the flames is if somebody shuts down their top line, they're in trouble because it's. I disagree. It's, really? Okay. Because I disagree. like a lot of the points come from that team. A lot of the goals. Yes. So they just, their depth has to be, you know, has to rise to the occasion. Essentially.
1: It does have to rise to the occasion. it will have to, uh score at a higher rate than they did in the regular season. But I look at their their depth and they have a lot of proven playoff performers. Tyler Toffoli, you know, yeah. even on the fourth line, Milan Lucic has had playoff performing in his past. I don't think he's gonna score a bunch, but I think he definitely could chip in. I really like Michael Backlund. Andrew Mangipane, fantastic yeah, I mean, year that no one's even talking about. He's been playing on the second and third line Here and there, like he's 35 goals, 35 goals, Majapane. And then they have Blake Coleman there. You know, Dylan Dubé is really heating up down the stretch. They have a lot of depth there. I think the only thing that worries me a little bit is their defense. But for some reason, like Daryl Sutter has got them playing like a perfect unit, you know, and I have a lot of belief in his ability to prepare round to round and when I look at what kind of play sustains itself through the playoffs it's that like machine-like mentality that comes in waves right and mm-hmm. there's no shifts off and I feel like the the Flames have that better than almost every other team and they have Jacob Markstrom behind them yeah. who it has just been incredible he's been the one guy who has had like the workhorse workload and also the fantastic numbers this year and man I just I don't see a very glaring weakness for them. And I do for pretty much every other team. Mm-hmm. And I think the flames are going to shock the world this year.
0: I cannot wait for the, I, I hope it's flames abs for the conference final. If mm. if that's, if that's the way, yeah, it would be amazing. The, yeah. That would but, be because they're in two different. I hate the way the NHL's playoff format know, is, so but I. that would be, but that would be that. That is my assumption is we would get in the conference final flames. I think that would be incredible. That would be... oh, I'm oh, even more so excited
1: for Flames Oilers. Battle of Alberta in round oh, two. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah. my God! There's, there's so much. I mean, we're going to talk about it on Monday because we don't know the full uh standings yet because i mean we haven't mentioned it but you know the flames and not the flames the penguins and the capitals are basically having like a race to see who can face what the panthers yeah the panthers in the first round so like that still hasn't been decided yet so there is we're gonna find out by by uh basically by the night you hear this friday night what what things are but it is going to be I think it's going to be real good playoffs, Andrew. I really, really Me hope too. it's going to. We don't have, like, we've got, you know, some of the same teams we've had before, but there are some, there's, you know, there's a tale of two conferences. There are juggernauts galore in the Eastern Conference, just absolute incredible teams. And then you have the West, where there are great teams and really top tier teams, yes, but then just absolute chaos in yep. the, in the, like, basically at the at the like three spots below essentially it is just it's gonna be it's gonna be hopefully a really good playoffs I'm really looking forward to it um and I want the Panthers to win because of Giroux but I'm I don't think I'm gonna be mad either way because I just want good games and I think that the way things have stacked up this year it's going to be some incredible games
1: 100% all right that's all the hockey talk we have for you today we're gonna hit you up with our pop culture segment in a minute but first I gotta tell you about Rock Auto With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders their parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend over 30 or 50 or 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? The markups are crazy. Rock Auto is a family business, serving do-it-yourselfers for 20 years—for over 20 years, sorry which means they care about your business. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, be it do-it-yourselfers or professional mechanics. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Mary, what game are you playing these days?
0: I've been playing the same thing, Andrew. So I don't still think that Elden people Ring? want it. Yeah, still Elden Ring, still Final Fantasy 14, having a great time. I will, I have been making my way slowly through Elden Ring. Um... And hopefully, I will finish it soon because it has been an, it has been a great game, an incredible journey. I know there's a lot of really hard bosses ahead of me, uh, so we'll see. I want to try and beat all of the main bosses in that game. There are some that are just, you know, side bosses, and one is the hardest boss in uh, From Software's uh, history. Uh, so hopefully, I can beat them. We shall see. But I want to hear about uh, Moon Knight. Moon Knight not Moonlight Moon Knight if you have watched it because I haven't yet and that's fine but I still want to hear about it because you know I haven't been able to watch as or you know do as much pop culture stuff because I've been so focused on hockey stuff recently so what have you got Andrew have you watched it what's what's the deal
1: yeah I watched episode five yesterday and this series has gone from I think it's going to be good but I don't know if it's going to be good to it might be up there with WandaVision. Ooh, it right, is All right. All right. So, so good the last couple of episodes. And this is one of those scenarios where TV just works so much better than movies. Cause I, mm-hmm. I read or saw so many reviews of people talking about how like the Batman really gets into like Bruce Wayne and Batman's character more than any Batman movie. And I watched it and I was like, What? Mm-hmm. Like they, they kinda didn't. Like he just glowered the whole time. Mm-hmm. This is is a true breakdown of a character and their identity and why they are who they are. It is incredible. And Oscar Isaac, ugh, every episode he gets even better. He mm-hmm. was so, so good in this episode. It's, it's hard to even describe. And for those who think that uh, Marvel is formulaic, like watch moon Knight cause it is totally off the wall. It. I don't know how they're going to finish it out because they have one episode to tie up a lot of strings, which is kind of been an issue for these six episode miniseries with Marvel where they kind of build things out and go at a pretty slow pace. And then everything gets crunched into the last episode. I hope that it's a longer episode so they can tie things up in a satisfying way. But it's just so cool from, you know, uh, not really a spoiler for the show, but confirming That Within the MCU, there are different kinds of afterlifes based on what you believe and where you are. That's kind of cool. And just like the continuing building pantheon of gods, which I think is going to set up a lot of what happens in Thor with Mm -hmm. the villain being Gore the God Butcher. uh, It's super good. Uh, The only complaint that I've seen from people is there hasn't been enough like actual Moon Knight because it's just like he's lost the suit at this point. Mm -hmm. So... I, I don't care. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just really enjoying the total acid trip and psychological thriller that they're giving us. And I'm really excited to see what they do here.
0: Mm-hmm. That sounds like a lot of fun. And we are going to have more Marvel content to talk about soon because Doctor Strange is coming out.
1: In yep, a couple I'm seeing of weeks. it next Friday.
0: Yeah, so am I. I'm seeing it next Friday morning. Uh, so that it, it's going to be a wild time, I'm sure. Uh, yes. So I, I figure... We could maybe do, like, a spoiler talk on it uh, the week after, you know, but obviously heavy spoilers, you know, probably that'll take up the whole pop culture segment, but yep. I'm looking forward to to that because there is, it's going to at least be a visual feast for your eyeballs, uh, and I hope that there is, because uh, that's what the first Doctor Strange was like, and it was a, definitely a feast for my eyeballs, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the heck is going to happen in this film, because... It just, seems to, it just seems to be wild, and we've talked a lot about how we just want the MCU to do more f- fun and wacky things, and I think that's, you know, in they're that Yeah, They're listening. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're certainly listening, and it seems like the next slate of Marvel movies are going to be real bangers, if I have to say so myself.
1: Yep. I mean, between this and, like, the Thor trailer that came out. Oh, yep. Also, I read that uh, the, the kid Thor that's running is Chris Hemsworth's son in the trailer, <gasps> oh, which I'm so like, sweet. that's... That's so cute because there was like a picture last Halloween of his son dressed up as Thor.
0: That's so precious. That really is.
1: It's really great. All right. Thanks for listening to the Crosscheck NHL show and making us your first listen every Tuesday and Friday. Now make your second listen locked on fantasy hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the experts of your fantasy hockey league. It's free available forever wherever you get your podcasts. See you on Tuesday.